Hi, this is Dominic Kearns with the Rising as One podcast. Before we begin, I'd love to thank several sponsors. I'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network first. You can find all their stuff at bgn.fm. They're responsible for getting many great USL podcasts out, so please give them a look. Also go to firebirdsoccer.net. This is the new website for our former Firebird Rising coverage, so you can find all sorts of great coverage for Phoenix Rising FC and other soccer-related news in the state of Arizona, all at firebirdsoccer.net. And lastly, we would like to thank Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is a uh, sponsor for, you know, MLS teams, USL teams, all sorts of other stuff. So go to Roughneck Scarves and find a scarf today. And now let's get on to the show. Welcome to the Rising as One podcast. This is Dominic Kearns here along with Kyle and, uh, or, yeah, Kyle and Jeff. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. Not too bad. Uh, I guess the, the good omen is you don't always have to play well on the road, but if you can squeeze by with three points and come home with them, more power to you. Yeah, yeah, you're you're dead on there, Jeff. <laughs> so that's that's kind of where we're at right now. We did get those three points, and uh, do you take us through it, Jeff? Yeah, let's let's kind of go through this. Interesting when you looked at the starting lineup when it was announced on Wednesday night, uh, to only see three changes from the starting eleven that had just played three days earlier. Uh, in the loss to Real Monarchs, the, you know the only changes you saw were uh, Devonte Debose at right back for Cody Wakasa. Uh, then you saw Billy Forbes come into the lineup uh, in place of Jason Johnson on the left-hand side, and then of course Didier Drogba up top uh, instead of uh, Chris Cortez being in the starting lineup. However, you know, however, those guys did you know stay on the bench. So obviously the the, the 18 pretty much stayed the same for the most part kind of surprising that you saw it that way and I think when you look at that lineup and you saw what happened in the first 25 to 30 minutes of this match for a while you had that feeling of oh no this doesn't look right because we didn't seem like we had very good possession we weren't carrying the ball very well. We weren't distributing it out wide like we normally do to get the play started. And it seemed like we just looked like we had heavy legs to start this match. I mean, you look at going through this. Fifth minute, you know, Boucher gets a, a header and just misses. You know, the next minute, Frank Lopez hits a shot. It just misses to the left. The tenth minute... Ariel Lasseter gets a shot off that's saved, you know, by by Wazinski. You have a shot in the 15th minute that's blocked. You just, you're seeing all this early, early action from L.A. and nothing from Phoenix Rising. They just stood flat-footed. And it just, you started to get that scary sinking feeling that something bad was going to happen, you know, throughout the most part of this match. I mean, we don't get our first attempt until... 35th minute when Billy Forbes hits a shot from the left side but misses to the left. You know, that was scary in itself. You know, a couple of minutes later, Solomon Asante comes back with a shot, misses to the right. You know, but for the most part through this first half, just did not seem like this team was really, really focused, not real set for this match. So, you know, you get out of the half at 0-0, 
and I think everybody's just thinking, thank God, you know, it could have been worse. You know, your guys' thoughts? Uh, I mean, you kind of summarized it great, Jeff. I, I think we were kind of lucky just to get out at nil-nil after those early on opportunities. I mean, we, we played ourselves into the match, I think, as as it went on, we started to, uh, to grow into it. Um, but I just, like you said, you could tell they were just tired out there. And I mean, as me and Dominic talked about last week, we kind of expected more rotation to the lineup to prevent this kind of situation. But, you know, I mean, that's not the case. So we uh, will take nail nail at the half. You know, I mean, it's it's not a in my eyes, that was a fair result. Yeah, I mean, if, if anything, we were lucky for it to be nil nil, as you were saying, Jeff. Um, you know, good job by Carl uh, Wazinski to at least get out and pressure that chance in the sixth minute because, you know, when he, when Lopez made it behind the defense in that moment, I, I was thinking that's going to be the goal. Um, you know, and I think another thing that's fortunate for us is Galaxy 2 has been able to create chances throughout their season, but they don't have anyone who can finish. They you know, after losing to us and then losing again 1-0 on Saturday, they still have zero offensive goals from six matches now this season. So that was the one thing where even if we're conceding a lot of possession, I still didn't feel too threatened. And I was still somewhat hopeful we could find something in the second half, but it, it was a pretty rough start. Yeah, that it was a pretty rough start. And I, you know, you get you even start getting into the second half now, and if not for Carl save in the fifty fourth on on Jeffrey Achimpong, I mean, what a great save! Is that not one of the best saves you've seen Carl ever make? Uh, you know, punching it over the top, uh, you know, to keep the match nil nil at that point, um, just unbelievable! What a what a uh, what a, what a save by Carl, and you know, obviously it turned into what happened in the sixtieth. Yeah, I mean, just uh, thankfully he he has a massive wingspan and he's just a big guy and uh, quick reflexes too. Um, Chimpong was probably Los Dos's best player throughout that match, uh, creating chances and then getting on the end of one there. But uh, good on Carl. It's it, it feels like in general it takes something very clear cut to beat him. Because if there's any chance that's not just a surefire goal for the opposition, he seems to come up and make those big saves. So uh, good to see. And then when he when he makes a save like that, then you're thinking, all right, we got to find something now. Yeah, and find something. Obviously, we did 64th minute. Uh, nice run of play up the middle of the field. Get the ball out wide to to Gladson. You know, out wide to I'm sorry, uh, Solomon Asante who gets it into. Gladson Awaka, who just lays it off a touch for Didier Drogba, and Drogba with that nice right-footed shot curling towards the bottom right-hand corner. Uh, no, you know, no shot at, at, at saving that, and one nothing. And you're thinking everybody can finally exhale. We got the goal that we needed to to get us finally going. We hope, but you know, like we said, you know, it, I think finally once the second half started going, and I think once. Carl makes that save in the 54th. I think it finally kind of woke the guys up a little bit. I think so too, Jeff. I think that that, that was kind of the spark we needed, you know, to, to realize that, Hey, this, this game is nil nil right now. You know, one goal could send it either way. So luckily we were able to go out there and grab that goal. And from that, you know, we we're just able to hold on and uh, continue to play a solid match. But, yeah, I think that that save by Carl, Carl, I think our defense had kind of been alert the whole match, but I think that save woke up our midfield and our uh, our forwards. So, you know, to see Drago with that moment of magic that we're so used to seeing from him, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, it'll never get old, but we got we to gotta take advantage while we can because we're not going to have him around for – for years to come. Yeah, it was really the moment of class in a pretty in a pretty ragged game that was sorely lacking for that kind of a moment. Um, 
I think there was some discussion about whether Iwako meant to leave the ball for Drogba there. Um, but we're glad it happened the way it did because that's the kind of shot that Drogba practices often, just that one time. And all he needs is a little bit of space. And, uh, you know, it, what's really amazing is the keeper was even positioned, like, towards that side of the goal. But it just happened so fast, and Drogba had such a nice bend on it. There was nothing he could do. You know, I think what was so funny about that is uh, uh, right after they scored the goal, it was funny, Phoenix Rising put up a tweet right after they scored that goal, maybe two or three minutes later, showing Drogba in practice, practicing that that exact similar type of shot. Except, you know, a pass coming from more from the from the goal line, you know, than it was where, where he ended up hitting it. But just to see how he practices that type of shot and, you know, how he can actually put it where he wants it to, you know, I thought that was quite funny to see, you know, them throw that up right away afterwards. Um, but you look at the rest of the match. I mean, the rest of the match just kind of really played itself out in the middle of the park. I mean, the only real attempt in the after, after Drogba's goal was a shot in the 77th minute by Ethan Zubak, who would put one uh, just over the top from the left-hand side of the box. Um, other than that, I thought, you know, defense played strong. You know, <coughs> two substitutions for Phoenix Rising. Uh, Regi came in for Billy Forbes. Jason Johnson came in for Gladson Awako. I think those were great substitutions at that time, just because of the simple fact you really started to see, really started to see heavy legs on Awako at that point. You know, Forbes maybe not so much, but I just I, I think Forbes was having some trouble finding his way in this match more than anything. But I think with Awako's purpose, you could see you could see the real heavy legs, and he was struggling at that point. You know, but for us to 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 play it out, I mean, we really kept, you know, possession more in our end, you know, especially after those substitutions, you know, to to finally see it out one nothing, see Carl get his second clean sheet of the season, to see the defense play as well as they did, you know, like like I'd said at the end when I you know when I sent out my last tweet of the night, you know. You know, it was it was a Drogba goal, and it was an ugly one nothing win. I mean, by far, I, I totally agree. This was probably the most ugliest one nothing win I think I've ever seen before. Well, and there's some competition because of that Reno match earlier this season, but uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll take it. Yeah, we'll we'll take we'll take three points any way we can get them at this point. <laughs> So I mean, what what are your thoughts? I mean, we we talked about the team managing to win, and the fact that it wasn't pretty, but you know, a couple of the names that you guys mentioned before, uh, Devin Vega, and uh, and Joe Farrell. Like, where are these guys? You would think that this is a matchup against a pretty bad team. You'd think this is the kind of the matchup where they would come in and get a ch- and get a chance. Yeah, even another even another name in in Kavon Freider. You know, I mean, it's just something just doesn't seem right here that that you got guys all of a sudden that just I don't know. I mean, Devin Vega and to me Kavon Freider, two of the best guys you know in the preseason that just I don't know what happened. But all of a sudden, they can't find the 18. They can't even find the field for most times. I mean, what? I mean, really, the question is, what has happened and what's wrong, and and where do we go from here? I I don't know if it's a question of what's wrong. I just I'm always curious uh, with I shouldn't say always, but often curious with Patrice's uh, choices for who gets into the 18, and. Again, Cortez was on as a sub, and he didn't end up playing this match. But uh, Cortez is on over Freighter, and you see some other defenders on over uh, Joe Farrell. And, you know, Devin Vega doesn't get onto the 18 either. It's all curious, to say the least. Um, Maybe they'll have chances in the next month because we are going to have a lot of matches coming up in May. But that's that's kind of going back to our point why not give them a chance now before we hit that that stretch of games you know before 
all of a sudden it's May and we're going to be on the road for four matches in a row and some big matches too with U.S. Open Cup and away matches in USL. It, it's just curious. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that before we started this broadcast that, you know, May is going to be a pretty ugly schedule. You're looking at, you know, you're looking at, at eight matches, you know, possibly within a three-week uh, span. That's just, that's really scary at this point. And obviously you're going to need to see the depth of this team. I mean, you know, and you got to remember as well, you can't play as many of these, you know, international guys that we have signed in these open cup matches. So now you're going to, you know, you're not going to be able to necessarily always rely on Duigi Mala and rely on Solomon Asante and rely on Gladson Awako and rely on Didier Drogba in some of these games. You're really going to need to see some of this depth show up, <coughs> excuse me, in these open cup matches, you know, and what better time than a, than a game against a team, you know, that doesn't have the superiority as you do and the depth as you do to be able to have that opportunity to see these. It's just, it, it boggles my mind. Yeah, it, there's no doubt it's a little bit curious, but at the end of the day, we pick up three points, so it's tough to get too upset about that, um, especially when you look at the struggles that some of the other teams, especially San Antonio, have had in the early going. So uh, at the end of the day, three points is three points, and we're top four in the West, so... This, you this, can't get too upset. No, you can't. You can't get too upset. I, I agree with you. But I, I think a decent comparison is it feels like watching Man United at times. Like there's so much talent on the field where you should be winning most matches, and yet sometimes against the other good teams you fall short, and then even against bad teams you'll occasionally have really really tough results either you'll grind out a win or i mean we're recording it on this sunday morning uh, just hours after man united lost to a team that's getting relegated so it it just it does it, it feels like there's more to be desired in the attack at least and i wish we would open it up a little bit more yeah no i agree you know opening it you know this would have been the perfect opportunity, but again, you know, again, you know, he's set in his, his ways with this, you know, this 18, it seems like right now. So, you know, is there another opportunity before we get into this stretch of games where we could, you know, see some of these guys play? I, I, I think there is, you know, you know, perfect opportunity might be that Friday night match on May 4th. You know, when we, when we play, you know, LA Galaxy at home, that might be a good opportunity. You know, could it be against Reno as well? I mean, I don't I don't think you're going to see a change in a lineup for this next match against Swope. I guarantee you that. I think you're going to see the same group of guys you saw Wednesday night, most likely. But, I mean, you know, you look at Reno on the 28th. You look at Friday the 4th against uh, LA Galaxy. Again, perfect opportunities once again for them to showcase this backup talent that we have for this long stretch of games. Right. Well, one one match that you wouldn't expect to see many of those names in, you're going to expect to see a real strong first 11, is next Saturday's match against Swole Park Rangers. Um, so they, they come in, actually, I think the same record as us. I think they also have 10 points from five matches. Uh, you always have to watch out for Carlton Belmar uh, when Swole Park comes to town. But who are some other guys that you're thinking of? Well, uh, and post some issues. Well, uh, former Arizona United star uh, Tyler Blackwood is with the club. Um, he's somebody you definitely want to watch. Um, Colton Storm is is another player you definitely want to keep your eye on. Colton Storm has a goal and two assists on the season. Um, obviously, they have a strong they have a strong goalkeeping core well, between Adrian's and Dejas, Eric Dick and Darren McLeod. Each have seen. Uh, time this season with the club um, Zendejas has a clean sheet um, <coughs> but you know they've given up a lot of goals in these first five matches they've given up eight they've conceded eight goals so it's you know it's not like the teams uh, of past years with Soul Park Rangers where they've really been a, a fairly good defensive minded team um, you know 
it looks like they have some holes that that are there and, and can be had I mean you look at you know you look at us through five matches so far we've only conceded three goals and and what did we say at the beginning of the season was one of our biggest concerns was our defense and wow how you know we're sitting here three one and one with ten points and we've only given up three goals which I think to all of us is a shock so far yeah and yeah. maybe oh go on Kyle Oh, I was just going to say, you're, you're totally right, Jeff. I mean, I can recall, you know, uh, when we when we saw we only had three center backs to start the season, we were all questioning and wondering, how how is this going to work, and are these going to be the guys that can get it done? But, you know, we haven't seen Joe Farrell yet, but Mala and DeFont, I think they've put together a very strong pairing back there. And, um, you know, I think that just kind of shows – Carterone's genius. I think that he he really has a good eye for the game, and especially as a defensive coach. So I think that we've always seen that that's kind of been a priority to him since he came in to shore up our defense. So I think I think we're there now. But as we've been talking about, we need to uh, maybe work on our passing and our finishing. And I think all around we could be a top team. Yeah, there's there's the potential, and uh, I think the biggest thing too is. The fact that we got to play MLS competition and against the top Ecuadorian side, you know, those are teams that are very clinical when they have their chances. And you learn from playing the best, you learn what to do. And then now the competition level drops a little bit and we're really well equipped to handle just regular USL competition. Um, so, that, I mean, I think that's a credit to, you know, everyone involved with the scheduling decisions and preseason. I think that really helped everyone prepare for the USL season. And now we're playing at a really high level. But Swope is going to be a step up. And, you know, the last time we played a team that posed a big challenge, they took advantage of one serious miscue, and that was enough. You know, and I think another interesting thing, when you look back at the preseason, you talked about, Dominic, you know, one of the first games we played right out of the bat in the preseason was against Sporting KC. I mean, what better way to to get an idea and a feel for what you're going to expect in the regular season, you know, than to play them in a preseason because you know what the you know what the formation is, you know what the style of play is going to be. They can go back and look at that film and say, okay, we know where they're going to play, we know how they're going to move forward, we know how they're going to do this. I think that's that's one thing that may help them when they go into this match, you know, against. Uh, uh, Swill Park Rangers on Saturday is the fact that playing them in the preseason gives them a better idea of how to how to battle them, you know, in this match on Saturday. Yeah, you're right about that, Jeff. I, I think I definitely think they will go back and look at the film on them, and I think I think we kind of know um, just over the past couple of seasons how Swill plays, you know, and they play very similar to the same style that Sporting KC does. So, yeah, having that experience against them, it should be fresh in the player's mind, and hopefully they could can learn from that, and we can uh, can use that knowledge next Saturday. For sure. It, it should be a very fun match, um, and hopefully it results in three points. These are two teams that have the potential to play very entertaining matches. Uh, I think I think three of our most dramatic matches of the 2017 season were you know, us being up 4-0 and then having to hold on for dear life at the end when we beat them 4-3 at home. Then the 2-2 draw over in Kansas City where there was all sorts of penalty, no penalty drama. We ended up getting a last-minute equalizer when Drogba slotted home from the spot. And then the playoff match where we were moments away from, from beating them. So there's definitely something brewing on the pitch uh, between these two sides. They tend to bring out a lot from each other and uh, tends to make for some very fun uh, matches. So we'll see. Hopefully Saturday results in more of the same. But hopefully it's a little bit more comfortable than those ones. Yes, definitely. Do we want to turn to some USL scores now? Yeah, let's 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 look at a couple of, of West, you know, Western Conference that, that really caught our eye this week. Um, Saturday, I mean, Saturday, I guess Orange County's the real deal, guys. I mean, three nothing on the road 
at San Antonio. I uh, this this is a shocker of a result to me. I mean, you look back at the beginning of the season and all the disarray that Orange County had. I mean, you know, struggling to put a roster together, and now all of a sudden, here's Orange County sitting near the top of the standings and getting what I think is pretty much a signature win against one of the top teams in the West in in San Antonio. Well, yeah. and, and one of the top defensive teams too. You know, to put in to put in three goals at home against San Antonio, a team that was kind of famous for grinding out one nil and two one results. You know, that's huge. I think um, you were going to say something, Dominic. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say um, the three nil scoreline might be a little unfair because you know San Antonio hit two posts. They had the better chances in the first half, but. I think Orange County is the real deal this season. They have a style of play that frustrates opponents. They're they're willing to play physical. They had two guys pick up yellow cards in the first 25 minutes. But it I feel like it throws teams off their game and it gets players a little riled up. And then when they're already a little bit mentally distracted, then Orange County can take advantage. And they get three big goals in the second half. Uh, the third goal essentially was like an empty netter in hockey where San Antonio was just pushing so many players forward they get caught out on the break because they're already down 2-0. But, um, you know, credit to Orange County for finding guys that know how to finish. Uh, Thomas Envoldson is on the on the third goal, I believe. Uh, Koshi Hashimoto uh, scored the first one. Actually, Envoldson was the one that scored number two in the 83rd minute to ice the game. Um, and then Giro Godoy comes off the bench uh, to score in the 86. They are they are legit. I mean, we would be thrilled to get a win, even a draw in San Antonio. So to see them put three on them, that's, that's incredible. And, you know, remember when we drew at Orange County, I think at the immediate aftermath a lot of people were like well this is a tough result this is a frustrating result that's the only match orange county hasn't won this season and so now i mean i think we were very lucky we got to play them right when they were making those signings before they set a starting 11 up and got these guys introduced because this team looks dangerous yeah they they do look very dangerous i mean I just very. I mean, you you look at, like you said, Thomas Einvoldson, you know, Hashimoto with with the goal, you know, early in the second half, um, you know, Ramos Godoy comes in and gets a goal right there at the 86 towards the end. I mean, you know, and here we're looking at, uh, you know, a San Antonio defense with one of the top goalkeepers in the league in Diego Restrepo, and you've got King and Cochran, you know, and and you know you got Mikey Lopez back there, and so many different guys. Just it just was really shocking when you saw that result. But like you said, you know it looks like Orange County has found their way. Maybe they're getting some help from LAFC as far as um, as far as formations and styles and stuff like that, and what they want to see. And, and you know maybe they've provided a player or two. You know maybe maybe they are on the right track. Well, and let's not forget about Andre Rawls, their keeper. Um, he made a couple crucial saves to keep it nil-nil before things really got going in the second half. So it, it's, a, it's, to me, the most complete team in the Western Conference right now. You look at a lot of other teams and you see strengths. Like Sacramento, they seem to have a pretty strong defense, a pretty strong midfield. They're not going to concede many goals. Us, so far, it's been pretty solid defense and we have potential up top and a great keeper but I haven't seen any teams in the conference yet that just have the true full package and this looks like the team to this point will things change maybe but yeah right now they're looking real good yeah they are looking very good uh let's talk about another result that that kind of caught our eyes uh, as well on Saturday uh Colorado Springs traveling up to Reno putting a four spot on him i mean i i you know reno i i know reno is 
you know, they did this last year and they struggled to start and then picked it up after that. But uh, guys, does this not scream how important Dane Kelly really was to them last year? It, it totally does, Jeff. I think I think Dan Kelly and Chris Weehan. I think I think we're seeing without the both of them. I mean, they're really struggling to create any offense whatsoever. And then their defense, they I think it's an RI defense. But you know, when you're not creating any chances, you're gonna give some up. And Colorado was able to capitalize on that and put in some uh, some nice goals. So yeah, I mean, it's I really do think that Reno's taking a step back from where they were last year, even though both seasons they have had a slow start. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as you said, Dane Kelly, I mean, it just speaks volumes to the quality of player that he is. Yeah, and for me, the big thing with, with Reno is their defense has just struggled this season. Um, you know, credit to Colorado Springs for taking advantage when the chances created themselves, but a couple of those were just pretty bad defense. Uh, their first goal came on an own goal, so that's a rough way to set the tone for the match. And definitely a lot to be desired on a couple of those goals. From Reno's perspective, looking at defense, and yeah, there's a long season still ahead, but I, Reno hasn't shown me anything this year. They're, they have three home losses. Their only point came on a road draw, and I mean, if you can't even pick up points at home, what are you doing? Yeah. I don't I don't see them. They really have to pick things up to even have a chance at playoffs. Yeah. Right now, they look like they have nothing. Yeah, and here, here's another name that I think they're missing, too. Um, you know, last year's defensive player and rookie of the year in Chris Weehan, who obviously is, has found a spot with San Jose Earthquakes. You know, I think that, you know, that's another guy that they're really, truly missing. I mean, he was really a stalwart on that back line for Reno, and I think they're sorely, you know, missing him as well. Yeah, it's a it's a weird result. I mean, it's it's good for Colorado. Maybe maybe they uh, can sneak into the back end of the playoffs. But I think the bigger takeaway here is just uh, Reno is bad. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, one one more result uh, from the weekend that caught our attention: um, Las Vegas and Sacramento played late uh, last night, and uh, one one draw there. Uh, uh, you had said fair result in your eyes, uh, Kyle. You know what your your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, I think Las Vegas came out on the front foot. They scored, I think, uh, probably in the second or third minute. And they were able to get get a corner, and it, that was the corner was swung in by Carlos Alvarez. And I didn't see who got the header on it, but somebody got a header at the near post that kind of just allowed the ball to float to the far post and. Uh, Hawiki was waiting at the far post and kind of got the ball as he was falling down, but you know, it wasn't the strongest of touch, but as long as the ball goes in and it did it rolled across the goal line. And uh, so that was one, one nil Las Vegas was up early, but as the match went on, Sacramento worked their way back. Um, as we were talking about, they're a strong defensive team, so they're not going to concede many goals and they didn't, they were able to pull one back last night and yeah, one, one draw. I think that was a fair result. I think, um, Las Vegas, had they been able to hold on, I think it would have been a huge one nil win against a a strong team as Sacramento. But I mean, we've seen the lights have had a hot start to the season and they've continued. Yeah, it's, uh, a good result for them um they're just picking up points every week i mean you can't always get the wins but i think both teams are satisfied from that result it looked like a fun match too so um i think that i think that does it for the big matches in the western conference uh a couple smaller ones there was a pretty entertaining game seattle and rio grande valley uh neither team gonna make a playoff push i wouldn't think but uh, this one ended 3-2. RGV actually scored two goals in the first half. They were up 2-1 at halftime, and then Seattle 2 comes back. They score two in the second half, and uh, they they get the job done. And then St. Louis, speaking of getting the job done, uh, just a tidy 1-0 win over Los Dos. Yep. 
So uh, that brings us to the uh, Western Conference standings here at the end of, of uh, this week. And on top, Orange County SC, six matches played for 13 points. Uh, second place, Real Monarchs, four matches, 12 points. Uh, in third, Sacramento Republic, five matches for 11 points. Fourth place, Phoenix Rising, five matches, 10 points. Swope Park in fifth, five matches, 10 points. Uh, Phoenix Rising has a plus one goal differential over Swope Park Rangers at this point. Uh, Colorado Springs in sixth, six matches for nine points. Uh, seventh, Las Vegas Lights FC, four matches for eight points. And in the eighth spot currently, uh, Fresno FC, eight points and five matches played. In the ninth spot is St. Louis FC at five matches with eight points. Tenth is Portland Timbers, two at seven points for five matches played. And 11, Seattle Sounders, two, six matches played, six points. Twelfth is San Antonio FC, five points off of five matches. Thirteenth is Oklahoma City, or OKC Energy FC, with three points off of five matches played. In 14th is Rio Grande Valley, two points off of four. In 15th, LA Galaxy 2, two points off of six. 16th is Reno for one point off of four matches and rounding out the Western Conference, Tulsa in 17th with one point off of four matches played. So at least everybody in the West has a point. Uh, we noted earlier before we got on the air that the two Canadian franchises still remaining in the league in the Eastern Conference have not found their way to a point yet this season. So quite ironic of that but uh, that takes you through the Western Conference standings for the week and while we're on the subject of uh, of Las Vegas surely you guys heard about their their latest sponsorship deal um yeah I'm, I'm curious as to how the league is okay with with Las Vegas FC being associated with a cannabis site um yeah i yeah That's i'll leave it at, i'll leave it I at mean, that las vegas <laughs> las vegas is definitely um trying to be the most entertaining team in the usl this season and in, in u.s soccer i think um they're i mean they definitely have to compete with phoenix rising but this is one of those moves to where from what I read, there's never been a sponsor in U.S. sports for cannabis. So this is a first, that's for sure. Um, yeah, it's interesting that the league has approved this, if they have. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. But, yeah, that was that was quite the headline when I saw that. Well, I, I'm sure that the league had to have notice. I'm sure that they... Las Vegas had to let them know, hey, we're planning on doing this. Um, in fact, I want to say that it was on the, was it on the USL website? I, I thought it was an article about this. Yeah, there was a, there was one on the website, on the league site about it. It just, it just boggles the mind, so to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean, look, it, it's at the state level, it's legal over there, so... Uh, I guess power to them. Um, we'll we'll see if anything. I mean, it's just such a ridiculous. Do you see the commercial for this too? It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> but they're they're going all in on the ridiculous up there, and uh, I think they're even saying that they have a shuttle from the dispensary to matches to and from. <laughs> so. You know, if well, any that... of our supporters are making the trip up in August, and if any of them feel so inclined, there you go. Oh man, yeah. uh, couple couple of more interesting. Well, get it getting away from from the 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 legality side of things. <laughs> uh, a couple of notes of interest in the league: uh, Player of the Month and Coach of the Month were announced uh, earlier this week. Uh, Las Vegas Lights FC coach uh, Isidro is it. Isidro Sanchez was named uh, the USL Coach of the Month, and uh, Carlton Belmar from Swole Park Rangers was named the USL Player of the Month for March. Uh, Solomon Asante uh, did finish fourth in that voting, uh, did get 
uh, got 14% of the fan vote, 5% of the media vote, and unfortunately 0% in the U.S. technical vote. So that ended up landing him in fourth. Uh, interesting that the fans voted quite heavily uh, in favor of Evan Newton for Player of the Month this month in the fan vote. Uh, 48% uh, of the fan vote for Evan Newton. Which, interesting, I, I, the, the way that they do this voting kind of catches me interesting because they give 50% of the weight to the fan vote, which I is kind of odd to me. I would think that you would put a little bit more weight towards technical, maybe the, either the technical vote or the media vote versus the fan vote, because the fan vote gets the 50%, the, the media vote gets 25%, and the technical vote gets 25%. So I thought that was quite interesting to see how those numbers kind of skewed out a little bit. Yeah, but I think I think in Newton's defense, he had a pretty solid first month of the season. I think he had a couple shutouts that helped Cincinnati start undefeated, and a couple of those were 1-0 wins where he made big saves. So, um, Former Sac Republic man making a positive impact on his new team. I don't think you can have too much of an issue with that. No, you, no, you can't have too much of an issue with it, but I just it, it's interesting how the vote kind of plays out. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, what were your thoughts on ESPN Plus? ESPN Plus experience. Um, well, I haven't had a chance to experience yet. I, I need to, to get up on it on the next couple of days. But I, I'm kind of seeing some mixed reactions. I mean, I know uh, some people said they were having some lag issues. Others said that, Hey, this thing is working great and I love it. And I, you know, so I, I haven't had a chance to really dive into the nuts and bolts of it yet, but you know, from the sounds of it so far, I, I think we're kind of getting the 50, 50. I think what I really want to see out of this deal is I would love to talk to the people at the league office, say in July when they've had three months of, you know, real kind of solid numbers as to see where, you know, where versus having it on YouTube, uh, have they picked up, have they lost, have they have they stayed flat? One of the things this, you know, if you're if you're a Cox Cable subscriber, you're not hurt by this deal at all because you still get all the games on Cox Four, you know, locally. You get it on Cox Seven down in Tucson. So this deal doesn't affect that group as much as it would affect a group, say, that either strictly watched games on YouTube or is another satellite or cable provider that doesn't have that doesn't have Cox. I think that's where you're going to see the numbers change. Yeah, um, I think it's a smart move for the USL because I found myself on Saturday you know once you once you actually make a commitment to this kind of thing like a financial commitment it's like all right i want to see what's available here i want to make the most of it and you know there are mls matches on during the day that otherwise i wouldn't really care about and there are usl matches during the day that like maybe if it's just on youtube i'm not going to actively seek these out and now I, I found myself watching these and especially with the quality being high um you know, my experience was very positive. So um, we'll, we'll see how it goes in the days and weeks to come. But I was pretty satisfied with the experience just from yesterday. Yeah, I, I, I was able to watch a couple matches yesterday on my phone using it. And uh, it was it was actually nice. I mean, you know, you're able to kind of just scroll through all the matches quickly. Whereas, yeah, on on YouTube, you might have to click on a different page and find the link. And I think we all know that maybe the quality wasn't always the best on YouTube. Um, I didn't really have any buffering or lag issues yesterday. It was more buffering, but once the stream would load, I had, I had pretty good quality throughout the stream. Um, yeah, it was nice, you know, being able to see, I watched, I watched a little bit of the Indy Nashville match yesterday. And then when the Western conference games were on last evening, I was, able to flip through a few of them and just have them on my phone while I was doing stuff around the house. So the convenience is definitely, um, it's going to be a great, great advantage of this. 
Uh, and like Jeff was talking about, I'll be interested to see the numbers and see, you know, if they're able to see tremendous gro- tremendous growth through this. Hopefully that is the case. And uh, I think from a USL standpoint to get involved with a network like ESPN, it's kind of a no brainer, you know, the, to be able to grow the league and have so many eyes on the USL. I think that's going to be huge. So yeah, time will tell. Yeah. And obviously to be able to, you know, got six games that are going to be played this summer that are going to be on on linear networks on espn espn news espnu obviously the 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 usl championship game you know remains on on linear tv as well and obviously you know you've still got the espn3 broadcasts so you know phoenix rising is going to be involved and i believe it's four of those uh if i remember correctly so obviously that'll be a different format from uh, from ESPN Plus, so you, you'll have to have a cable or a satellite provider to be able to get the ESPN three matches that'll happen during the season. Uh, most of those are kind of like the midweek. Uh, I think a couple of them were home games. I think a couple of them are road games. But you know, you'll you know you'll have that opportunity you know with with your cable or satellite provider to watch those matches. But yeah, like I said, it'll be interesting three two or three months down the road to see you know where the numbers are and how impressed the league is with the whole you know, the whole package in itself. Yeah. Yeah, well, but one thing I was thinking about for, for those that don't maybe have cattle, satellite or cable, um, the Phoenix Rising has put together great watch parties. I think every single match now, they're having two watch parties on different sides of town. So if, if you're not able to watch it at home now because the matches won't be streamed on YouTube, you know, get out to a watch party and watch it with some other fans because... You know they'll at least have that opportunity, and that's you know it's free to go sit somewhere and watch it. So you can do that too. For sure. Um, you know, one thing too, I was talking to Kevin Gates from the PRFC Fan Show. Um, he was able to go to the last watch party. I went to one a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I had a really nice experience uh, at at the watch party. I attended at Tempe Marketplace. Apparently his experience wasn't as good, uh, but you know, either way, go in with an open mind and definitely give these venues a chance. Uh, the team has great giveaways at these locations. Uh, that I have right next to me a Phoenix Rising koozie. Uh, I was able to get a couple magnets from that thing, even a keychain, and I believe that they were doing. They did a jersey raffle at ours. And so I think they're giving away jerseys at every single watch party. So, you know, if you go to these things, you'll have a great chance to find all of these items and take advantage of these giveaways. Uh, definitely recommend it, especially if you really care more just about the Phoenix Rising than all the teams around the league, which is very understandable. And if, if that's the case, if you don't want to do the ESPN Plus, then at least go to these watch parties. Um, I think we're wrapping things up now. So at this point, I'll just give our sponsor, Reed. Uh, the Rising is One podcast is presented by the Arizona Sports Complex. The Arizona Sports Complex is Arizona's premier indoor soccer facility on the southwest corner of 35th Avenue and Pinnacle Peak Road in Glendale. With newly installed air conditioning, the Arizona Sports Complex is home to youth and adult soccer year-round. Visit ArizonaSportsComplex.com for more information and do you guys have any final thoughts before we wrap this up i don't know if we have any supporter section questions right now well i let's let's take the positives away from what happened this past week you know it, it was a ugly win but it was a win nonetheless we'll take the three points and and move forward um obviously it's a huge match coming up this week against will park rangers you know, by all means, again, you know, we always tell the fans, get out there and support the club, get out there and support the club. There's no better time than supporting a, a club that's winning number one and number two is facing one of their real good rivals in Swope Park Rangers. Um, I think they've built a nice little nice, a nice a little rivalry here, you know, the last few matches that they played with each other. You know, obviously, you know, I think we're going to, we know the lineup we're going to see this week coming out. Um you know, I think the big thing is, you know, t- 
to to at least come out with a draw on this on this match. I mean, I, I would be happy with the draw if we can get three points, great. But <laughs> to get, you know, we need to get some sort of result out of this uh, for sure. I don't think we could go into this one losing this one. Yeah, you're dead on, Jeff. I think I think fans will hopefully remember the match last season, um, the swap match last season, and you know we'll we'll be excited to get out to this. Uh, but yeah, I think. We just need to kind of continue to see not more of the same maybe, but, you know, more of the, the effort that we've been seeing. I think the finishing will come. We saw it last week, you know, having Drogba out there and back, you know, he can kind of take the game and uh, take control. And we, we saw against Los Dos, you know, he was he was our shining star. So I think, I think we just kind of have to continue. I think we'll probably see a similar lineup to what we saw in Los Angeles. Um, but I, I just think that we're in a great spot right now. And I think even even if we do lose to Swope, it's, it's not time to worry. You know, they're a top team. And, I mean, even we saw in that Real Monarchs game, some, some nights aren't going to be our night. So I think a draw will be – I think a draw is probably going to be the result. I would love to see a win for us. But I think, I think a 2-2 draw is kind of what I'm foreseeing right now. That's a lot of goals. Um, you know, I, to me, I, I, I'm kind of with you on the draw part, though. I don't think we're better than any of like the top teams in the Western Conference. And right now, I see those teams. It it feels like there's pretty clear divisions between the top teams, the teams that are going to be scrambling for those last playoff spots, and the teams that just have no chance. And I think we're if we're in that top team group, we're towards the bottom of it. Um, right now, I feel like Orange County is a step above us. Maybe Sacramento is a tiny bit above us. Um, you know, a couple other teams, Real Monarchs, of course, and maybe Swope. We're going to find out on Saturday. I want this team to show me something and get a big win because last year, that's the match that really started to turn our season around. I know that it took a while because then Drogba came in later, but it was the first match where we just had a brilliant offensive showing, and we finally got a glimpse of what the team was capable of when we scored four goals in the first 30 minutes. So hopefully uh, the team can have an outstanding match like that and you know, instill some belief, because right now I feel like we're good enough to beat the bad teams, but you know... it's concerning a little bit. I feel like if we play like this throughout the year and we don't see stronger offensive performances, we could fall in the playoffs kind of like a San Antonio did without enough offense. Any thoughts there? No, I I agree. I agree with you completely. I mean that, you know, could, you know, we we're, we're right there. We need to see something that says, okay, we're a little bit better than where we, you know, where we feel we are right now. We need to see that effort. You know, we don't necessarily want to see it later. I agree with you. You know, is hopefully this is the game that kind of turns it around again, like you said. You know, we need we need to see some consistent. I th- I think what we need is more consistent efforts. Not ne- you know not this you know kind of you know we 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 played a. We played a bad, you know, played an okay game against Monarchs, even though we lost. We we should have, like you said, we should have followed that up with a three nothing, you know, game against LA. But we played a, you know, a, a lousy one nothing road win. You know, you need we need to see that consistency from week to week to week, and we're not seeing it yet. And I think, you know, a strong effort against Swope Park this week may be. This hopefully be that kickstart that, that leads us into a stretch where we can have some positive results going forward. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, Jeff. I think this match kind of screams for that. You know, if we can come out and have a hot start and get a huge result, I think this will be a great way to kickstart good form for us. And yeah, I think we could continue to hopefully keep, keep scoring goals, maybe not a uh, Maybe not as many as we did in that OKC match, but I think I think every match we have 
one to two goals in our team, no matter who's on the field. So I think the biggest thing is for us just to go out there and to find them. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, a couple things that we actually didn't mention earlier that might be worth just talking about briefly. Um, there was a tweet earlier in the week that the Cimarrones, uh, that's a second division club in Mexico, uh, they play in Hermosillo, which is about five, five and a half hours, maybe, maybe, maybe more like six, six and a half hours south of Phoenix by car. They are interested in potentially having a friendly match with Phoenix Rising, and this would happen during their preseason, early July. John McPherson actually tweeted about this too, and he's always one of those people that's in the know. So very interesting that he is putting some weight into this, that he thinks it's a possibility. And he was saying that the the time we would play them, there's a stretch where we have nothing in the league between June 29th and July 14th. Um, what are your thoughts on potentially getting to play uh, a second division Mexican club and maybe we get a road trip out of it? Yeah, that could that could be interesting, and you know, like you said, that that's kind of a perfect time to do something like that. Considering you know you only play three games in the month of July, you're playing the, you know, you're playing the 14th, the 20th, and 28th. I mean, why not play something you know somewhere around the 5th, 6th, 7th of July, just to get your you know just to keep your fitness level up, you know, and then you know you're come you're plowing into a a road match against Reno and then coming back home for, for Sounders too, you know, at that point in the schedule, which would, you know, really be two, you know, should be two, you know, fairly winnable games at that point, you know, but to, you know, go down there, get a little fitness in, you know, I, I think that wouldn't be a bad idea. No, I, I like it. I think, I think this would be a great, great chance for maybe some of our our uh, players that have been in the 18 but haven't appeared yet for them to get some game time and yeah it's you know it's kind of when we have a little bit of a break and to maintain that freshness and to spread the phoenix rising brand i think i think this is a great opportunity um hopefully this comes together yeah and it it would give mexican fans a chance to see didier drogba as well um mm -hmm. I, I hope this comes to fruition because if if it happens, I'd want to make a weekend of it. Um, Guaymas, San Carlos is about like 90 minutes south of there, and they have beautiful beaches down there. So I really hope this works out. But uh, just it, it's kind of a cool idea no matter what. One other small thing. Um, last week we interviewed, um, we interviewed Evan Waldrop. Uh, I will be interviewing Joe Farrell this upcoming week. Uh, I wanted to talk to him because he's a guy that we haven't heard too much from. We haven't seen him on the field too much. I, I want to get some different perspective. I want to hear from him, see what makes him tick. Uh, so hopefully that'll be a great interview and we will have that for the episode next week. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a good one. You know, he's, He's one of those players that we haven't seen much from, so it'll be it'll be nice to hear from him and kind of see what how he feels and how he sees his role on this team. So, any thoughts before we just wrap this one up? Uh, let's just go out there and get a big win this week, and hopefully, uh, uh, we we can use this as a kickstart to to really get a a good stretch of some good form going here. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with Jeff. I think I think this game kind of screams that. I think that right now is the time that we could use a big win, um, maybe not big in margin, just but just big in the result itself. Um, and I'd just like to see a hot start. You know, I mean, I think I think at home we do see the team they kind of start off maybe a little bit fresher, maybe with a little bit more energy than they do on the road. But yeah, I would just love to see some opportunities early on, get the crowd into the match, and I think. I think if we do that, we should be in for a great one next Saturday. Definitely. It's going to be a great time. Um, so hopefully we get the three points there. But thank you all for listening. And be sure to check out the PRFC Fan Show. If you get a chance, they have some great player interviews. Kind of look at the club from a different perspective. Uh, more just chatting with fans, chatting with players. 
So you'll want to check that out. So please do so when you get a chance. But until next week, I think that's it. Go Rising. Go Rising. Go Rising. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier for MLS, USL, and US soccer. So be sure to go to roughneckscarves.com and get some of their products. We hope you enjoyed the show.